Slack Tail Squad Assemble. It's been a pretty, it's been a pretty rough week for me. I don't know how everybody else is feeling. Um, how about you? Uh, how how's things been going, Ron? Same way, kind of a rough week, but you know, got to barrel through it. Yeah. I feel yeah. like my week. At least been, it's getting warmer. My week's been pretty the same. I don't think it's been any. I guess it's the normal amount of roughness. Nah. No highs, no lows. No, not so much. Ah. Well, that's good then. That's, yeah, that's real good. Yeah. I guess then uh, the Rons and I are unique then. Or you maybe know. I'm unique since there's two of you and one of me. Mm. Yeah, nothing like a mediocre podcaster. Yeah, there right. you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of podcast, this is the Slaptail Nation and we are podcasting. And I'm in I'm in Beaver Den 2. Beaver Den 2. This is actually the, this is the walk-in closet in my bedroom. This is what the Swan and I share. Uh, I like the, I like Beaver Den uh, subset one better, but you can hear the swan and I, so I, I've moved. Someday the runs, I really want to, I really want to soundproof that little room. I think it'd be pretty awesome. I think so too. I mean, what would you use to soundproof it then? Well, you know, they, they sell those panels that you can get and, um, there's plenty of YouTube videos that can tell you, you know, where, you know, cause in your mind you're like, Oh, I have to soundproof. I have to put panels up all over through the whole thing, but really it's, it's specific to what space you're in. Like you put it, you might have to put it up high, uh, wherever the sound, I guess, projects. But definitely, um, you've been in the office, and I don't know if you noticed where the closet is. There's a little pocket door there. But I would definitely want to have some sort of drop down panel that I could put on the inside and then on the outside also. Because right now I just have, I just drop a blanket over it, but you can still hear Swan and I talking. So it will, you know, if I yell, it kind of gets picked up a little bit on her mic. So this way we're separated. She's at one end of the house and I'm at the other end of the house. What, what I find hilarious is I agree with your idea of what you want to do, but that you would yell at the swans. He's <laughs> like, usually yelling at you. It's yeah, just... that's why he mentioned my name when he says, I'm you when I yell at the swan. I sound just exactly like you. He said I when like I you. yell. He didn't say when I yeah, yell I'm at the swan. I'm just saying when I yell. He oh. said when I yell, you can hear it through the swan's mic. Speaking of yelling at the swan, maybe swan, maybe just get a little slightly closer to the mic, but just by scooting your chair oh. as opposed to just leaning your head in. You don't have to do this where you I do. You just keep leaning your head in. I'm working you can on my just hump. Scoot the chair. Yeah, that's a funny one. <laughs> yeah, you yeah know let's what? hear you... about that. Can we hear about yeah. it? Well, hold on, R- real quick. You're right. Uh, hold yeah. on, I didn't even introduce. I didn't even oh. do introduce my number two. Oh, this is the Slaptail Squad, and you are members of the Great Slaptail Nation. And thank you for being with us. I am the Bee Man, your humble president, Lord, Savior, God, Master of the Universe, President, and whatever other accolade I can give myself. And then joining me, of course, is my dependable, trustworthy, bulbous, pale, a little bit pink, number two, the Rons. For a minute there, he didn't know who I was introducing. It's the Rons. No, I did. I I didn't. You know, and you know, I, I stand corrected. Yeah, when you yell at me, it comes through the Swans mic. So I take that back. You are correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, great. Um, you know, a shout out to, of course, I don't want to forget our uh, our other fourth member who's not here is Tremonde. Usually he's here, 
but uh, due to unforeseen circumstances or foreseen circumstances, unforeseen, he's got dad duty. That how is yeah, that unforeseen? I, well, well, yeah, I don't want to go too much into his background because I mean that's personal to him. But you know, most people that you know have kids on a weekend, they want to keep them out of the limelight. So right, I was right. going to bring that up, but since you, yes, we don't want to, we don't want to thrust the child into fame too quickly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we don't have to go to her head and. All of a sudden, she's one of those, later on, 20 years later, she's one of those kids who was a child star and things didn't go well for him. Yeah. I think yeah. that happens Another a lot. Another Danny Bonaducci. For kids. iCarly, or the the one that, who's Samantha from iCarly? She didn't want to be a child star. Like, she has stories that she didn't want to be. They've both done pretty good, though. They're both uh, well-adjusted adults, is my understanding. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. Sounds good to me. I mean, I've never seen too many there are some people that didn't uh, turn out so well. Danny Bonaducci. Mm-hmm. Who did you know is a black belt? Yes. that's. Don't you remember when he was getting all pissed off so much at everybody? And that was his tough guy thing. He like challenged Howard Stern to a fight and all this other stuff. And Howard Stern's like, I, I'm not a fighter. What are you? Good think, for you and your black belt. No, I think uh, Howard Stern is also a black belt in Shotokan Karate. I do not think so. Uh, he mentioned it at one point. He's a lover. He's a lover, not a fighter. Oh, I... must be. It must be a rather recent occurrence then, in the past ten years or so. Are you, you know. going to introduce me? I feel a little also left out. with us today as the beautiful Swan and her her appendage and her uh, her illegitimate child that she carries, the Swan. Say hello, Swan. Hello, Swan. What would you like your uh? your independent party that you carry around with you to say hi also. It doesn't talk yet. It's in utero. It's in utero. It is utero. Yes, it, it is. It's not it in is. utero. It is utero. utero. I mean, it's, it's still in utero. We got some funny stories. Tell that, tell Ron's that funny story and then I'll tell my funny story. Which funny story? About my, Why are about... you carrying something around in utero? Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, are you going to prison and you need to put it in your prison pocket? I don't think people put shit in their uterus to go to prison. They put it up uh, their back. How does it get y- to their uterus, Rons? It had to. It had to bust open the cervix and get there. You know, I don't know. I've just watched a lot of uh, shows it, on the internet. I'm just letting you know that it does not I end think, up in their I think uterus. that Rons is correct. You could I mean, smuggle stuff in your uterus. You could technically. I mean, it's only the size. I mean, it's really only the size of a pear, generally speaking, or smaller. But if you have a, you know, it's like when. You, the rare occasion when they taught me how to do how to place an IUD, you use a little tool that's called like I think it's like called a sound to die. It's like this little metal kind of spoon shaped not coat hanger. Exactly. No, it's just it's just a little it's just a little stimulating tool. So if you had one of those, if you had some way to stimulate the cervix, theoretically you could put something up there. I don't know how much fun you would have trying to get it out because you'd have to leave some sort of a string to pull it out, just like they do with the IUD. So they're still going to find it, Rons. Have you seen people try to actually smoke? I mean, are you talking vaginally or are you talking actually in the cervix, in the uterus itself? Vaginally. Vaginally. I mean, it's, you know, just from the documentaries I've seen and how they smuggle things into prison, I figure pretty much Swan's headed for prison and she needs a shank or something. That's true. Now, Ron, do you know where the vagina is located? (laughs) Where is it located? Can you tell me? It's the middle hole, Ron's the middle hole. It's the the, the middle hole. So yep. there are actually middle. There's holes. three okay. holes. There's three holes. Believe it or not, I had a patient who did not know that, who was in over fifty, probably over sixty, who did not know that she had three holes. That's pretty I interesting. I didn't know that either. 
But anyways. Okay. So do you want to hear about McMuffin or not? I do, but... It's a uh, copyrighted name, I know. We're probably going to get in trouble for that, but... Yeah, I really feel like you should change the name. I don't want to change the name. I mean... I mean, name it to... A daughter name it named it Gerald. McStuffin. Okay. Mc... What is that, um... McLovin. No, from the what movie from was the that movie. From? That kid was calling himself McLovin. No, from hilarious. the Coming to America movie. What is his Mick something or McDowell's? McDowell's. McDowell's. And they had the McDowell's. whatever oh, their, yeah. It was not yeah, a McMuffin. I, it was a Mick something. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was a. There's so, an interesting anyway, story about that, but let's get on with your story. My story is I've been having this kind of pelvic pressure pain for a while, and I know that I've... Peeveman, way to doctor. go. Yeah. Way to go, Peeveman. Straight up to the cervix, straight up, right into the right into the uterus on you a daily basis. You man. Way to go. So for a while, and I went to my doctor, had an ultrasound done, and I have a fibroid that is bigger than a grapefruit. In wow. my uterus, so gigantic. That's just disgusting. I can feel it. You can, if I lay down, you can see it. It's gross. All but kidding aside, are you going to be okay? Yes, I have to have it surgically removed in the future, the the near future. Not really looking forward to that because I don't want to have surgery. Freaks me out. I think it's worse when you're medical and you know what they actually do to you when they put you under and the chances of you not making it through. I mean, not that. It, I guess, according to everything, a hysterectomy is the second most popular surgery done on a daily basis, but it's still frightening. Not really not really looking forward to it. Pretty sure I don't want to spend the night in the hospital. I'm definitely not looking forward to that. I asked my doctor if I could go home that day. He said absolutely not, but usually people stay three days, and I'm, got, I'm working on him to let me go home the next day. We'll see if I actually can do that physically. Okay. Okay. It's going to be dependent on if, if I'm in pain or if I can go to the so, bathroom and all the things that you have to do after surgery. Okay. So, so are they going to, uh, and please forgive me, I don't know. Are they going to insert something inside you to take it out or are they going to cut you open? So there's a couple different ways they can do it. They can this do is it fun. laparoscopically. This is fun conversation. Yeah. Yeah. They can do it laparoscopically, but mine's too, it's too big. So they have to cut it. Like it's basically like a C section. Okay. I'm gonna give birth here soon to McMuffin. Okay, so when you all when you're all healed up, are you gonna get a tattoo over the scar? No, the tattoo is gonna be uh, below my bikini line. So no, I'm not the getting tattoo a tattoo or there. The scar. The, 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 the scar. Sorry, not. I mean, I guess I can get a little lawnmower. Remember those? Remember when people who got that? <laughs> I'm like, that is such the dumbest tattoo in the world. But anyway. Okay. You anyway. could get a tattoo that says that has arrows pointing down that says "closed for business." Yeah, or or, or arrows up like... that says "insert dick here" or "insert here." I, I, Why would arrows be up? From, I had a lady when I was uh, taking care, doing a pelvic exam one time. She had it on her inner thigh. It said "insert cock here," and with arrows. Right, but you I'm like that's yeah. But yours is your scar will I know, be above. I know. So, so you would I'd have, have an arrow down. Up. No, I'd have an uh, arrow okay. down. I mean, I guess if you wanted to put it in my belly button. <laughs> <laughs> or you know you could draw you know have a little tattoo that says third hole here you know mm -hmm. <laughs> i think it'd be more likely that you get something that says out of stock yes <laughs> yes <laughs> you're dumb <laughs> you're dumb that's not nice 
Close for business. Close for business. Close for business. Out of stock, I like. I think that one's good. Out of stock. Then people will be like, Speaking what does of, that mean? She said that it was the size of a grapefruit. There's a comedian. Uh, his name is his name is Gary Goldman, and he does this thing where he talks about how much he loves grapes and grapefruits. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, but I think one of the lines he said was, the only, the only thing that's important about the grapefruit is that God created the grapefruit so doctors would have something to compare to the size of what your baby's going to be. <laughs> otherwise like it's completely grape useless grapefruits are delicious you got you you really have to listen to it. it's it's genius have you ever heard his little comedy routine where he talks about the grapefruit runs no i don't think i have it's it's pretty old clip but he basically just he rants it his whole thing is he just starts off talking about how much he loves grapes and what a masterpiece the grape is and then he goes into he's like what's not a masterpiece is the grapefruit you know because basically they trick you with a name yeah like it, it's, it's a really good a bit yeah it's a lot of work How to eat a grapefruit. A fruit salad. It's a lot of work to eat a grapefruit. Just saying. Well, it's definitely for you. It's a lot of work to eat one and not sound disgusting. <laughs> he makes fun of me because I dissect it and peel it and pick all the skin off of it. So when you do that to a grapefruit, is that the medical side or the OCD side? I don't know. It's just I don't. That think. dissection is a gross dissection. It's not even a. It's not even a very. It's not a surgical well dissection, dissection at all. It's no. It's. Have you seen um, which one is it? One of the Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings, Rings where Schmeagle's eating the fish and he's like <laughs> ripping the fish apart. Uh, no, I haven't, uh, but continue. Oh, well, Schmeagle's like eating a fish and it sounds disgusting. <laughs> he's just ripping into it and tearing it apart and stuff. That's what it sounds like when the swan is eating a grapefruit. And it, actually, I call her I call her Gollum when she's eating the grapefruit. And she's eating it. She's like, oh, my precious. Cool. That's so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. As I get older, awesome. I told you, as I get older, I can't hear people eat. I, he told I me I can only them, eat like, them at work. <laughs> I told him we should just honestly when and it's not just her. I mean, hers is the most disturbing sounds when she eats because my jaw. It's clicked. everybody. Yeah. So, you know, that brings me up to a, a certain thing that I I suffer from is: Do you have certain noises that annoy you? Oh, the I sound of Ron's I, voice. Hi oh, the hey oh, <laughs> right? But do you have? Hi oh. You know, it's almost like an OCD thing, but uh, when. I hear certain noises; they just drive me crazy, and I try to avoid them. Like what? What like a what? When someone's taking a bite uh, with their fork, right? They're eating something when they're using the fork, and they scrape it across. Oh, their I hate teeth. that too. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Right. Well, you know what my son does, and he insists he doesn't do it. What's that? When he chews, a lot of times you can hear his teeth click. Yeah, like they'll that... hit each other. That drives like, me crazy. Oh, stop clanking your teeth together. He's, you know what, uh, you know, the boy might listen to this uh, you know, in front of the show, the boy, uh, Skyler, but, you know, he has just lots of horrible habits. Yes. He's always done that. He's had yeah. these horrible habits since he was a little kid. And we're like, why does he do that? Why does he do that? Roz, he used to do this thing. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. He was the cutest little, my son, I swear to God, it's documented. Look it up in Google. Cutest little boy, uh, Skyler will come up. He was the cutest little thing, but he had just the most annoying habits. There was a period of time there for like a year where just there would be silence and he would go, mm. Hmm. just like that yep. okay. for no reason and so i'm like is he is he fucking retarded or like, something? does he have a tick like we seriously is there some weird sort of like a tourette syndrome something <laughs> yeah and i was like is that that's not that, that's really bizarre and i would ask him like you know dude why are you doing that what doing what what am i doing i don't know what i'm doing mm -hmm. just i mean he's real little so we actually took him to like a child psychologist i'm like why the fuck is he doing this and they're like it's just a thing. You're like, don't make a big things. deal out of it. He'll grow out of it. Yeah. 
And you know, he did, but he replaced it with a new habit. <laughs> he replaces it. He's like, I'm just going to chew my fingernails for the next 30 years. Till I got braces, and then I couldn't chew them anymore. Well, he got no. TMJ. That was yeah. Weird. And I told him that's why he had TMJ. I'm like, that's why you have it, dude, because you chew your freaking fingernails. You know, that's the other thing uh, when you bring this up is that uh, when their kids don't develop or as fast as other kids do, why do parents rush to take them to doctors to get them checked? Well, I mean, you when know, your kid's seven and he's not wiping his own ass yet, it's probably time to take him to the okay, doctor. Okay, I understand that part. But when <laughs> when they have nothing to say, it's like, oh, he's just being silent. And you got the one hypochondriac parent who rushes in and like, we need to get him checked out for anything. Well, it, the reason why is I think it's 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 a couple different things. One is people your age, my age, older than us, even the swan's age, their parents didn't take them to the taking your kid to the doctor was actually really not that common for stuff. Yeah, so you like, had to oh, be really they just, sick. They just ignored everything. And when you ignore everything, actually you're you're missing a lot of developmental delays in children. So if you have a kid, for example, that doesn't um you know, maybe doesn't talk that much and they're just like, oh, he's just quiet. Well, a lot of times, actually, that's not the case. A lot of times it's they might have a speech impediment or they might not hear so well or something like that. So now it's the reverse. So now we actually encourage people, pediatricians do it. Like if there's something abnormal, bring your kid in because it's much better for you to bring them in and for us to say, you know, for a pediatrician to say, oh, no, they're doing fine, as opposed to you missing something two years later. And then your kid has a hard time in school because maybe they don't hear so well or maybe they don't comprehend speech so well or, or whatever. Or worse so is they like are growing and they're not walking and then all of a sudden they can't walk because they're they've grown and now they have to have surgery to be able to walk like because there's something wrong with their bones or something. I guess I've never seen a case like that, but I'm kind of old school where I grew up and I agree with what you said. It's like you didn't go to the hospital unless you're sick. Right. So these developmental issues happen. Right. Yeah, the beef man almost died because his parents didn't take him to the doctor. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't know that story, Ron? No, I do not. I mean, here you were, this kick-ass army guy, right? This kick-ass podcaster, and you beat death? A lot of times, actually. Uh, (laughs) The beef man. Death at least four times would be my guess. You made death. Start start out. Let's hear him. Rattle him off, or give us a little story about the first time I beat death. Yes. Death. I have beat several times. His buddy, uh, his counterpart, Payne, is actually a friend of mine. Payne's so I kicking your ass. I haven't beat him. I, he is not kicking my ass. He is a friend of mine that I know very well. No, the first time was I oh. woke up this morning. Yes. I woke up one morning, Rons, and I didn't feel mm-hmm. quite right. Um, you know how, how old sometimes you? after you shower and you don't feel that clean down there even after you No, it's a totally different story. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> was there a la- large-sized grapefruit there? uh no uh no i woke up and i just had this i just had this off feeling and i had this craving for a jelly donut and okay that's not weird but okay 15 years old okay i was 15 years old so i kind of just told my parents like you know something doesn't feel quite right whatever they're like whatever go to school uh so i go to school and i felt off all day and i even mentioned it to a couple of my teachers i was just like you know i just have this weird feeling and I have these weird, I'm just, I'm just craving a jelly donut all day. And I was actually talking to my art teacher about it. She's like, well, I really hope you get your jelly donut today. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and then we were supposed to, and the, the beef man was a, a band geek. So he played in the band and he had, was supposed to have pep band that night where we played for the basket, you know, 
during the basketball game. And by the end of the school day, I felt really bad. I had like this pain above my belly button and it didn't feel good at all. Went home and I was supposed to go to back to band at like seven o'clock that night. And I didn't go and I never miss. I never missed band. And I told my parents, I'm like, I don't feel good. I feel terrible. And of course, they're like, you're fine. Go to bed, whatever. Like, okay. So I'm in bed this whole time, just feeling like shit. And I get up and I tell my parents before, I, like at nine o'clock, at like, I'm like, I still feel terrible. They're like, okay, whatever, you're fine. So then at like 11 o'clock, and now I've been having sweats and fevers and stuff like that, I felt really good. I mean, I felt great. And my parents were still awake. And I was like, hey, I feel great. And they're like, good, you're fine. See, we told you you were fine. I'm like, no, I feel great. I, I didn't just feel good. I felt great. <laughs> okay. Like, excellent. Like, better than like I he's high right now. <laughs> like, I felt really good. And they're like, see, we told you you're fine. <laughs> so I went back to bed. And at probably like one o'clock in the morning, I woke up and just felt the need to go to the bathroom. But I was also in excruciating pain and I could not stand. I actually rolled out of the bed and crawled to the bathroom on my hands and knees to go to the bathroom, crawled back to the bed, was never able to get up. And then the next day I couldn't get out of bed. My mom like had to work that day and she checked on me and she's like, oh, you'll be fine. Just drink some tea. Your dad will make you some tea. My father, first of all, is the worst caregiver in the world. You should never let my father watch children in general, even when he was a dad and that was his job. Terrible caregiver. You mean the way he like, didn't bring you tea? Like, no. you mean he, he did just bring gave, me tea. He gave you a fork and told you to go play with a light socket, that kind of terrible right, Basically. <laughs> well, I could not straighten up. This should have been a warning sign to them. I could not straighten up. I could only, the only position that I could be in where I wasn't in excruciating pain was with my knees up to my chest. Like so fetal, position. Words, fetal position. Yeah. Okay. So I had high fevers, sweats, all this stuff. And then finally, I think probably around three or four o'clock, because he'd call my so mom. So this I is guess, two a days times. later, two and a half days it's later. Not two days. It's it's over twenty four hours. Okay. Over and I started hours. feeling bad in the morning the day before. Okay. So by now it's been like thirty hours or something okay. like that. And so I guess he'd call my mom. My mom's like, "Well, you should, you know, you should take him to uh, the doctor or an emergency room or something." So instead, my dad went to this prompt care. Right. And of course, you know, you go to a prom care. We waited over an hour to be seen. Not uncommon because, you know, they don't triage people. And then they put me in a room. I waited there forever. And I'm in the fetal position this whole time. The guy comes in. I don't know if he was a doctor or PA, whatever it was. He literally just looked at me. All he did was look at me and told my dad, you need to take your son to the emergency room. He is very sick. He was the janitor. My dad's like... (laughs) Yeah, and my dad's like, um, okay, well, what's wrong with him? And he's like, um, so he asked me a couple questions, and he's like, okay, I'm going to do a rectal exam on your son. Did a rectal exam. I'm To this day, still not sure why, unless he was looking for, unless he thought I had, like, um, blood in my abdomen. Um, and he's like, he said, he's like, I'm 90%, you know, whatever, 100% sure that your son has ruptured his appendix. Wow. He's like, you have to take him to the emergency room right now. If you don't take him to the emergency room, he's going to die. And your dad's like, can I stop and get a burger on the way? (laughs) He's like, "Uh, you know, just up the road, speeds, best burgers, whatever. Uh, So he's like, no, take him to the emergency room. So he takes takes me to the emergency room. 
And, um, you know, they get me all processed in. Very obviously, I had ruptured my appendix, called the surgeons in. So I got surgery that night at like 11 o'clock. So from the time my appendix ruptured, what the predicted time was, till the time I had my there was nothing for them to remove. It was ruptured. They had to go in and clean out the cavity and all that other stuff. Um, was over 24 hours. And the surgeon straight up told my mom and dad, like, your son should have died hours ago. You're lucky he didn't die. You should never let this sort of thing go like this again. Do you have another Basically. couple kids at home? Please don't yeah. let this happen. Don't let that them. happen to them. Don't <laughs> let that happen to them. So, so, yes, that was time number one that I cheated death. Okay, okay. so let me expand on that. Were you one of those children that were uh, were prone to saying, my stomach hurts, I don't want to go to school? No. We went to school whether we were sick or not. So, okay. You could be bleeding from your ears and you were not going to go see the doctor. My mom always says that she took us to the doctor a lot, and she actually did not. That's not what happened. What would happen was my we had an old school doctor. He delivered us. He was our, you know, he was our family doctor, whatever. She would call him and he would tell her what to do. So she never, t- we rarely ever went to the doctor. So because of that, you know, you don't complain as an adult anyway. So you're like, oh, I don't complain. I never went to the doctor as a kid, but I'm different with my children. I mean, they don't go either because, well, they can just ask me stuff and I can work them up really quick and say whether or not they need to go or not. Well, I guess that. But that's different that's, than, that's, that's different than yeah. my mother who worked at J.C. Penney's and my father who was an electrician. Well, you and know, that's, that's the benefit totally of having two parents in the medical field versus J.C. Penney's, I mean, you know what to look out for, especially with what Swan said earlier, going in for surgery, you know, which is necessary for her. But she knows, you know, her attitude. And correct me if I'm wrong, is that I know what goes on behind the scenes. Please yeah, don't touch well, and me. And I know how many times they fuck shit up so i'm afraid of to death like as a patient one time i had to get uh antibiotics for strep throat and this lady came in and she was gonna give me a shot and i'm like um they ordered that iv so she's like oh let me just mix that up real quick well the medicine that you mix it up when you give it for a shot is lidocaine but she was just gonna pu- push that lidocaine into my iv you can't do that that's gonna give you a cardiac arrhythmia, a heart arrhythmia. A cardiac arrhythmia. i'm like yeah. Uh, hello, you don't need to go redraw that up because you can't, you mixed it with lidocaine. You can't push that in my IV. That's ridiculous. And I know that, but if I was an 80 year old grandma who wasn't medical, she could have just killed me. So, which leads me to a next question as you walk into these places. And of course, do they know you're, uh, in the medical field? Nope. I never give that information away. Okay. Okay. Then do they question your ability to read the situation then? No, afterward. I mean, I'm. You advocate for yourself afterwards, but you don't tell them that because then they assume you're a know-it-all or they treat you differently. So you just go in like you're a normal person. So how do they yeah, treat Yeah, what you? I like to do is yeah, I like to set them up. When they fuck it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I, I think that's what the swan is when doing. When they fuck like, it up, I bring it, I bring it up and I'm like, you know, this. And then they try to get all shitty. I'm like, well, okay, actually it's doctor and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, so when you yeah. drop that truth bomb on them, how do they react then? They Some of them try to defend shitty. themselves, yeah, and get yeah, shitty like they know it more th- they know more than you, but so with this lidocaine uh fiasco, we'll call it, after you drop the the knowledge on what you do, how do they change their attitude or change their situation? She redid it, but I'm like, "Oh, uh, yeah, you don't want to give that to me, Ivy Push, because it's got lidocaine in it." And she's like, "Well, oh, yeah, 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 you're right." Like she covered it like, "Oops." Like 
Oops, almost killed you. Oops, yeah, almost killed me. It's cool. But, no. So death cheating number two. Well, so the concentration like you is also different, cheated though. The chances are good that you would not have died. No, but still, you're not even supposed to give it IV push. You're supposed to mix it and give it IV piggyback, like as an infusion, not a straight up med. But anyway. Not the lidocaine. The rosephine. Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, but we're talking about right. the lidocaine. Yes. But either way, lidocaine she was going to make lidocaine, it you, you do give it for a cardiac arrest. For a cardiac arrest, you give it. Right. And the, but the concentration. Yeah, separate. it's like a, a lot more milligrams. But anyway. Yeah, so whatever. Anyway. Do do? Yeah. So how'd you cheat anyway. death number two? Well, who cares? That's not what we're I, talking about. Okay. <laughs> I mean, how many, how many times, how many stories do I need to talk about cheating death? I don't know. Well, you know, I guess it you just don't goes, need to at all. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. You're a badass. No, so, I mean, when you, when you cheat death like that, I mean, with all that Either that done, or God just doesn't want him yet. That's my theory. Uh, <laughs> the second, uh, what was it, the second time well, I it cheated could be. death? The second time I cheated death, my brother, who's a, uh, you know, who's a Baptist minister, said to me. Amen. He's like, I really feel, he's like, I really feel like you survived because God has a greater purpose for you. And of course, in my head, I was trying to be nice and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. But in my head, what I really thought was, no, God doesn't want me. Satan's just not come around for you yet. <laughs> like, God doesn't want me. And that's why I lived. Oh, and maybe the devil is punishing you. This is part of your punishment. That's why you're not down there either. Yeah, you're like, because <laughs> hell for him won't be bad enough. <laughs> Let's well, let him know. continue where he is. I can't come up with a worse torture for him yes. than he's already going through. So on yes. uh, on a theology note, though, some people think uh, right now this is hell. So I would agree. I tend to agree with a lot of that personally. Hey, uh, no, but this brings me to the hump story, Ron. Oh yeah, yeah. The hump story. Do you, do you want to hear the hump story? <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm all about that. We're sitting hump. there the other day. Now, I think that a lot of tall people do this. First of all, for one thing, um, like they. As if I know, because I'm not tall, but I've noticed this with a lot of tall people that I know, because everybody that I do uh, a certain thing with are all taller than me. Well, and, and, I, and I think that when they're around too. me, I think that when they're around me, they try to make themselves smaller. Like, like, sub, like subconsciously, I think that they don't try to like, look like they tower over me. Um, and I thought, and I wonder if that's what the boy does also. But I think that a lot of it also has to do with their generation of, you know, they, their heads are always down because of their phones. So we're, we're, we're like in the kitchen the other day and the boy's talking to us, talking to me. And I just, and he was, what's the term? Uh, he was perpendicular to me, basically our stance, you know, different planes. So he's standing sideways and I'm looking at him dead on. And he's in a relaxed, okay. just standing there, normal position for him. Like, just it's not like he's like awkwardly standing or anything. He's just standing there. Yeah. He's just standing there. And I look at him and I say, son. You you really need to work on your posture. You you have a hump. No, you, you gave have him the technical. There you go. You give him the technical term, and he's like, "What's that?" I said, "You have I have like the the junction of your neck, which is the cervical spine, and where it meets your chest or your upper back, um, which is you know the, the first ribs where that meets your where your thoracic spine. That junction is hypertrophied or it's enlarged." Because his head is always down, and which gives you the impression that he actually has a hump. So I'm like, has anybody you're... ever corrected him on his posture? Oh, I have lots of times, but I wonder. But I think a lot of it is, like I said, is one, 
um, I see a lot of patients like that already that are young because they're always looking down at their cell phones. And so there's actually, there's actually people out there that theorize that if we stay on the track that we're on right now with our kids and the, and the next generation after them, that our bodies will actually evolve to be in that tilted head forward position because we have, and it's not a great evolution, but it is there. It's actually, where do they think that our like this, skeletal Ron's. spine will go? Can you see it? Oh, okay. Sort of like a giraffe. <laughs> so because his head is tilted, because there's a curve, there's a curve, there's yeah. a natural S curve to our cervical spine. It's supposed to bow out and they start to straighten it. And because he's doing it, that prompt, that, that junction of the cervical and thoracic spine, there looks like there's a hump there. And I'm like, dude, you have a hump. So then he's all mad because he's, he's like, like, you ruined you... my life. You've just cut my self-esteem forever. He's like, <laughs> I'm just going to go in my room and die. Like, <laughs> well, that, can that be corrected, though, over time? Yeah, again? my posture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah literally. Well, I, I, I told him, I said, look how I stand and look how you stand. It's two different things. I'm like, my head is always over my shoulders. It doesn't do this. It doesn't lean forward. It doesn't bend forward or anything like that. And this is something that I remind myself of all day, all day long. I remind myself to do this and roll my shoulders back and drop them down because I'm, and I go and it's, I think there's a couple of reasons why I do it. One, I know that I do it because I was in the army and they harped on our posture a lot. You know, they're like, you have, this is how you look soldierly. This is how to look in formation. This is how to stand. But I also know it's because I broke my neck and I know that a head forward posture, it actually makes my muscles of my upper back and my neck tighten down too much and that causes increased pain. So, and it pulls your skeletal spine. So, Ron, I have a question for you because it's... Yeah. Yeah, what's your question? When you sit in your car, does your head touch the headrest when you drive? Occasionally. So then you have also, poor posture. I hit my real quick. I slam forward and slam back. But yeah. No, so that Beefman brought that up one time that our heads are supposed to hit the headrest. So that means if you're sitting back in proper posture, I mean, not gangster leaning your seat or anything, but if it's all like in gangster proper, leaning. yeah, you know, like sitting all way back and slouched and hunched and whatever. But we're not familiar with that term, Swan. What is yeah, yeah, term? I'm sorry. I was, I was looking Everybody at the, knows what that means. What does that mean exactly? The pimp lean, whatever. I don't know. Oh, well, I'm not familiar with the term pimp lean. You know, yeah. all seat back and looking like a thug. There you go. What's a thug Everybody, look like? Whatever, Rons. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, your head is supposed to touch your headrest. I no, I tell patients. I tell patients that all the time. I said, you know, and to prove my point, uh, when you're in a passenger seat, when you're in the passenger seat of the car, and you're riding down the road, look at other cars at the drivers. If you can see their head very prominently in the driver window. They have improper posture. Your head, because your head should be back touching the headrest. But you'll see a bunch of turtles driving. Their heads are tilted forward like this. Which is well, not good for your neck. Half the people with neck and back pain, the reason why they have upper back and neck pain a lot is posture. I, I see that in little old ladies driving their cars, or I should say... Well, uh, that's because they, they have they osteoporosis. Move the seat forward. Well, yeah. I don't think that. They just can't see over the steering wheel. So, that, you know, all you see is two pairs of knuckles and probably a uh, forehead. A little head. <laughs> a little head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, no, I am conscious occasionally. I'll say occasionally on my posture and how I should sit. Right? And 
I often tell my son, hey, straighten up your posture a bit. And, you know, and I'll, I'll even go so far as bringing into martial arts, uh, even though, you're, you know, we're all practitioners of it, is that posture is key to no matter what style you're in, to helping you stay balanced. It also exudes confidence, right? right? If you want to see someone who's trying to hide, right, they usually duck down, they, you know, like, uh, you know, they keep their head low and that attracts the attention to them. But if they uh, walk with good posture, their head straight up, usually no one notices them. They, do you think they don't notice them or they just don't fuck with them because they look more confident? A little of both. A little of both. Uh, when, you know, when, when, when we're training somebody and I'm, I'm coaching somebody, it's like one of the things I like to bring up with new people is, you know, when you go to work tomorrow, see how many people try and duck right? Walk around with their head low. So not to be noticed versus how many people walk straight with their head straight, their shoulders back and they walk forward. Now, yes, you and I, uh, the bead men have a military background. That's how we were taught to walk. Right. Uh, but back to also what the swan says. Yeah. I mean, it's basically almost, and it's probably the wrong term, but a predatory move because you're looking for the weak in the herd. And if they got their heads down low, Try not to be noticed. They're noticeable. But if someone's back and got their shoulders up and their their head straight, they tend to blend in really easy. And also probably give that don't fuck with me vibe. So, so that's yeah. the way it looks like sometimes. I, I, I would agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I see the benefits of both, though, honestly, also. Right. I do see the benefit of looking... Uh, weak? Unobtrusive and weak. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. To hide the actual, to hide your actual weaponry mm-hmm. of what you actually are as a technique. Well, yeah, I I, I would disagree with that because like if you, Mister Miyagi, looked all weak and vulnerable, but he really wasn't. Yeah, but he held himself saying? with confidence. And in fact, whenever he talked to somebody, he never had held his head low. If you look at that style, right? True. And I know it's a, mo- a movie, but he always had his shoulders back and. He wasn't completely uh, standing up straight, but then again, that True, was true. But he still blended. But yeah, he, 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 but he attempted to blend. Kind of, kind of like your whole gray man thing, like you talked about before. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you could look confident, like someone should not mess with you, but you could also blend. So there's two different, you know. I guess I guess that's kind of what more I'm saying. Speaking I, of which, speaking uh, of which, where you, speaking of which, where Ron's you uh, you purport to be some sort of a martial artist. I of do course. not. Uh, I've. I have transcended this thought process and uh, I live a martial way, which is totally different. Martial arts, martial way, two different things. Ron's has not made it there yet. Apparently. What is the martial way? For he is still braggadocious. Uh, I do have a question for you though. I I had an observation. I had an observation today that that I'd like to discuss with you. Ron's is bragging per se. I don't think he's bragging. I just think he wants to share his love for martial arts. I'm going to defend you for a minute, Ron's. (laughs) I appreciate that. Mark it down. I, I, I am. I am. I also do not think that the Rons is bragging, but it's far more fun for me for the show purposes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. As opposed to say that he is not bragging. Yes, no, I know. No. So, okay. If you understood the format of the show, you would know that I cannot give Rons too much credit on the show. Only here snips and snippets there here and there, where so people will realize that yes, it is a uh, persona and it's not a real a uh, real personality. I appreciate yes. that though. Yeah. So what's what's your question, Pete, man? Having said that, the Rons, Rons, Rons. As a martial artist of the karate, 
also known as the style of empty hand. And yours is um, COVID Tay, style of the COVID hand, empty or otherwise. <laughs> of course. Um, what is your definition of proper foot form? I'm just curious. Oh, you know, I've just been busted on this, right? Fascinating. Why? Who? Who has busted you on foot form? Several people, right? I uh, several people. Fascinating. And, what was the busting upon? What, uh, what, what were the conditions thereof? My back foot not being completely straight or straight enough, and my front foot not being angled out sometimes. He's right. talking okay. foot on the ground. Right. Yes. I. I like stance. Let me, You're let me clarify stance. that. My apologies. My apologies. Let me clarify. Uh, what is your proper foot form? Utilizing your foot as a striking surface, and ah. with deliver the deliverance of your lethal karate kicks. Oh, I don't uh, the- think during my time of doing karate with the Rons, I was it's ever. Karate. I was ever shown that. Actually. It's karate. I don't think it was ever stressed to me anything about foot form there in that art in that style. Not true. Rons, first Not of all. Uh, okay well kind of kind of rons could you just clarify the pronunciation of karate for us i think uh the way you say it's okay really all right karate it really depends on the dialect you're using and where you're at in the world i mean everybody has if you're from america if you're from america america it's karate karate so everybody everybody's got so what you're saying so okay so first of all Swan has been exposed to the Ron's form of karate, not his most recent form, which is Corona or COVID Tay, a uh, mm-hmm. way of the COVID okay. hand, for those of you who forgot. And I've trademarked that. Somebody else can use it, by the way. Nobody else can use it. Uh, the Rojo is the Swan's word for the dojo, mm-hmm. um, by the way. Uh, so, Swan, with your limited exposure, not super limited, but your limited exposure to the Ron's former martial arts, yes, that of. Uh, what is it? Kobo you? Kobo Kobo you? Sounds good. Kobo-yu. Whatever. Uh, you're saying that you were not taught foot form. Um, not like with kick with the ball of your foot. Like that yeah. was kick with the ball of your foot. Sokute. That was like the sokute. Yeah. Yes. The ball of your foot. But not to the extent that we went over foot form in the other martial art that we. Not to be confused with COVID day. Not totally to be. Different be yes. That Mudafine. one, we spent a lot of time on the different ways to properly position your foot for a like front foot kick or a side foot kick or a heel strike kick. Like we spent a lot of more time on that in defining the two. So what you're saying is the the fact that despite the fact that the Rons is a master of karate. Yes. Oh, I wish I was, but I'm not. He's got a black belt, folks. Yeah, I do. But, uh, so you're saying that so you're saying that I should not yell at Ron's about his students' foot form that I observed. Is that what you're saying? Um well you can yell at him because that's probably what you do. But so Ron's, Ron's would you explain like explain how you would teach a student foot form then? Depending on usually the basic kicks that we teach is as the swan said was Sokote, front foot kick, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's um uh Kakato Gary, which is a heel kick. So how do you explain that to teach them and how do you let me give him two specific kicks that I would like okay, to know yes. what the foot form would be like. Okay. okay. Let's say that you're doing just a simple round kick. Um, how would your foot form be for that? And two way two aspects. Um 
which really shouldn't make any difference, shouldn't change it, with it, with shoes on and shoes off. And then the other one would be a side foot kick. And then the other one would be a thrusting back kick or heel kick. How, what would you, for the, just go with the first one, the round kick. What would your foot form be? I know this is, I know this is super interesting for the listeners, but it will lead into me yelling at the rounds. So please, continue, I will continue. Well, if you're going to yell at me. And that's me what everyone wants, my God. Everyone wants me to yell at the Rons. So therefore, I will play. This is this is fan service. This is what you call fan service. So you're talking about a Mawashi Gary. Like a, yes. a Rons. Look, look, we all know they're Gary. We all know it's kicks. Okay. Yeah. But you, okay. And then you're talking. What, what does one do with this foot? So kind of turn your hip over and come down at an angle. Right. So when you turn your hip over, you know. You don't, and you. What is the foot doing, Ron? What is the fucking foot doing in the kick? You're actually, um, you're actually not kicking with the foot. You're kicking basically with your shin, and you're coming down. Okay. Yeah, but what do you do with your foot? Is it floppy? Is your yeah, even even with that kick, even the kick you're describing right now, you are doing something with your foot. This is this is what people don't understand who are looking at. This is what people don't fucking understand when you're looking at martial the way, the way of the martial arts or the way of the warrior or the way of the spiritual warrior or this is the difference. This is the difference. This is Swan and this is the Rons who are martial artists and then there's the Beef man who's the martial martial way who lives a life of the way of the warrior. Not just not just Japanese martial arts, but the warrior's way. That of Bushido. American. No, because I'm not Japanese. You don't have to be Japanese. That of the American warrior. That of descendant of the great knights of Spain. Because that's what I'm saying now. So are you a conquistador? I am I am now a descendant of Spanish knighthood. Oh, I know what this is. You know what this is, Swan? This is a this is the uh, uh, an inquisition because no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) Oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, you can't do that one. Excuse me, that's exactly what he's doing. Chivalry, that is the way of the night, is it not? That's anyway, that's not uh, the Spanish though. That's more back to when you're doing your Moashi Gary runs. What are you doing with your foot? The goal is, though, is to not, is to, there is a specific purpose or point to all movements inside the body. So, therefore, your foot does have something that it is supposed to be doing, even if you are kicking with the shin. That's what I'm saying. There is no movement that is not part of that movement. Okay. It's like I yell at people when they do some movement with a weapon with their right hand, but the left hand is down at their side. I'm like, what is your left hand doing? Why is it down at your side? Why is that left hand not floating for some sort of a purpose. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. There's always, you're always doing something completely whole with your body. Nothing is ever uh, static. So what is the, what is the position of the foot then on this particular? Pulled back. Pulled back like toes pointed or? Yeah, you're not floppy, right? And are the toes, are the toes in a neutral position? Are they curled or are they hyper extended? Well, you know, I guess also, I mean, depending on how you look at the kick, I mean, you could actually have your, you know, toes, you know, you could actually pull your foot back too when you do it too. Some people I've seen pull their foot forward or they pull their back because not really kicking with the foot, you're kicking with the shin in Washi Gary, right? So you're coming. Okay, so, so you're angling it. Again, down. so 
Is your foot in a relaxed position? Is it in a flexed position? Is it in a planted position? How is the foot in this position? Uh, it's not in a... You know, honestly, I never gave it that much thought, and I should now, is that it's not in this um, static position. I guess it'd be in a flex position. So, and this is the difference between being a martial artist and living in a martial way. Total control of the body is actually what you're going for in this smelding of the mind, body, and spirit. So, so I... there's one thing to move in a certain way or know the technique. So you know a technique, but the importance is to know that what is the importance of the technique and how does your body move through this technique and what is the purpose in general overall globally as one unit? That transcends into, I think, all martial arts. But Yes, and so then what you're understanding is evolution-wise. So if you were to ask me the first year I took any type of martial arts, what was the most important aspect of any style? And I would have said hitting things. That would have been my, that would be what I would say. As I am a 48-year-old man, and I came to this realization and many, many, many years ago. shout out to you, by the way, for a birthday last week. Happy birthday or a happy belated birthday. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I would <laughs> say, I would say footwork is the most important part. Uh, to be technically proficient, I would say footwork. Because without footwork, you fall. doesn't matter how good your technique is, you fall. Whatever. Okay? All-encompassing And that's itself. what Ron was talking about before was like about his foot like stance and balance. Right. So, yeah. Which is a difference. Well, I'm talking about foot form. So, now it's something now. But now you see the evolution or the expansion of Ron's mind because now he understands <laughs> and he is starting to evolve away from just being some martial artist to living a martial way and understanding that he made a very good statement. He said, you know what? This is something I should have, I should be thinking about. We've seen growth, folks. Ron's has grown yeah, right now. Good job, Ron's. It on the style that you're in, too, uh, because everybody has, although the basic kick, uh, front kick, we'll say, or uh, what we call a Maya Gary, front kick is basically the same in different styles. It just depends on how you place it. True. And then you're going to decide then, am I going to kick with the ball of the foot or am I going to kick with the heel or am I going to kick with the whole foot, et cetera, et cetera. But exactly. again, you are looking at the position of not only your foot as one unit, but you're also looking at the position of the toes because that is something that you can control. So you can control the angle of the foot by utilizing your ankle, but you can also control the toes and where they go by utilizing the, the flexors and extensors of your toes. So my question to you once again is now, once again, if you were going to do a liver, a round kick, and let's say you weren't using the shin, but you were using your foot. How would you deliver said kick for your effectiveness and your style for foot form? We rarely do Mawashi, uh, Mawashi air round. Step kick. away from your own style. Okay, step away from my own and stuff. think, think as okay. someone who lives a martial way. Get outside of this box. No, no, no. I, I think to yourself, I know, what uh, would be the effective way for me to deliver this kick with my foot without damaging myself? Distance. Without damaging my ankle, et distance. cetera, et cetera. The answer is distance right there. Distance. Well, let's say that you actually have to deliver the kick to your target. It's still distance because... To, to order to be an effective kick, I have to know the distance of my target, right? Yeah, but so, we're talking about what are you doing with your foot anatomically okay. so and that you don't balls, injure your foot. And holy are you going to hit... What the fuck are you doing with your foot? Yeah, are you well, going to hit with the top of your foot? Are you going to try to hit with your toes? Are you going to try to hit with the ball of your foot? Because you can deliver that kick 
multiple ways. I agree, but it also depends on how my I'm lining up with my target. Let's uh, say you, you have the perfect alignment for whatever fucking perfect okay, kick okay, you want to deliver. There. Let me get there. Like if I'm going to kick the beadman straight on, I would probably use a um a front thrust kick, right? Okay, but I didn't say we're talking hold about on, your round kick. I said a round kick. Hold on, I'm getting there because well, we have three kicks that I wanted to discuss. Okay. And we and haven't you, even gotten through one. Yeah, yeah. One I, of them was I'm a front kick. I'm getting there because the swan brought it up, right? So if I'm going to do a roundhouse kick, there I'm you going go. to Stay pull focused. back my um, my toes and use the flat uh, top of my foot, right? It's mm. like a hand. Right? So he's going to hit on the dorsal surface of his foot against his metatarsal okay. bones. So in other words, at this point, then your toes would actually be in a neutral or yeah. curled position. If I were in another style. Yeah, I would. I I basically come across uh, the target, uh, let's say the face or the um, the rib cage, and try and okay. Get so it. so for listeners, let's 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 make sure that I've got this right. So for listeners, what I want you to do is I want you to put your hand in front of you so that your thumb is facing your nose and that your palm is facing to the right side of your face and the back of your hand is facing to the left side of your face. So your left hand is up. So what the Rons is saying is, as his kick comes in, you're going to use your right hand for the kick. As his kick comes in. The back of your hand will simulate the back of Ron's foot, and he's going to kick like that. In other words, your palm is your face, and the back of his hand is actually the back of his foot as it hits your face. Is that what you're saying, Ron's? The top so of his foot. Yeah, right? the top of my the top of his foot yes. is hitting the person. Yeah. Yes. Whether that's the solar plexus face, whatever. That's what you're hitting with. Yeah. And the toes are in the neutral position. They're not curled, and they're not flexed up, correct? That's how you're kicking. I would probably pull my toes back slightly to make it tighter. Okay, sure. So that makes sense a little bit. That makes sense. Because you're so so in other words, you are flexing, you are actually strengthening your lower leg by hyper um it's actually extending, not flexing, your toes, you're lifting them up and you're hitting. So that's that's providing structure to your foot, basically. So yeah. not some neutral slap. Because neutral slap okay. does not flex your calf muscle or any of your muscles in your leg neutral makes your rest of your leg that's attached to the top of your foot floppy which therefore is okay. more apt to injure your foot bones and your leg so i would say right? targeting wise if you hit somebody in the face that's a pretty good that's a pretty good kick yeah right sure. if i was going to say maybe hit somebody in the chest or something i would probably hyperextend my toes so that the ball of my foot hits them that's how I would so do it too. Yeah, that's, that's how uh, I would that's what we uh, we coach. Okay, so we've got that covered. So Ron's is your what you're saying is to just have that foot flopping, not tightened or not tensed, doing some sort of ballet tapping motion is not what you would teach your students or expect them to or expect to see from them. Correct? Not right away, exactly. But what uh, if they've been doing it for years? I would ask them where they would learn where they learn that, and is what it, if they said it was you, Ron's? No, just kidding. No. I would ask where they learned that and uh, could you demonstrate how effective it is? Right? And now, I feel like in your style, Rons, we don't do that kick very often, to be honest. We it's don't. done in like forms or kata as a pretty motion, but even well, then you shouldn't have your foot being floppy. But as far as no, kicking we something, no, no, we don't right. usually do that kick. Most Japanese... No, and, and, Ron's tr and Ron's doing a, even though it's not a one of the whatever one of the four basic uh, founding japanese yeah. or okinawa sorry not japanese because japanese karate is not japanese it's okinawan sorry um main styles 
he predicted pretty very traditional. So a front kick, as Ron's is talking about, is a very effective kick if delivered properly. I mean, really, what else do you need in your bag of tricks that's a pretty effective kick? Right. Basically. And most kicks in the Japanese style are pretty low. So if I'm going to kick, right, let's say uh, a roundhouse kick, I'm not going to try and aim for the face, even though I would, I, I would probably try. But if I'm going to do a roundhouse kick, I'm probably going to keep it pretty low and uh, try and go for the um, the target, probably either the rib cage or the knees. Sure, right. I mean, that's basically pretty traditional with Okinawan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's, now let's move on then. If you were going to deliver different type of kick here. Now, if I was, you were going to deliver a side foot kick. Oh, okay. How would you expect your foot to be? Does your style do side foot kicks? Not really. Not really. Now my okay, old style. But how would you expect the foot to be on that? So even if you draw from your old style. Yeah, that's where I was going. My old style is I would set you up and then I would probably chamber my foot or chamber my leg and then move in. And basically. Specifically pull. though, what and is then your the foot surface, form for that what, kick? What, yeah, I, no, what surface are you kicking I would with and how are you holding your back, foot? So it would look like that. And I would probably go in with my heel or the ball. So it would look like that. The ball or the knife? The ball and the heel. So, right. see, I don't think they do a knife edge type um, of kick. No we, do, no, we do side kicks in the style that we're in, but we use the uh, sokoto, the knife edge of the foot, right? So, okay. we, so we come in and we come in under the rib cage, kind of trying to break the rib cage or uh, push it away, or we come to the side of the leg and break the knee, right? Well, the knife edge that we're talking about encompasses the the heel also. So, so if you were going to kick again, if you're doing a side foot kick, where are your toes positioned? Is it in the neutral? Is it in the curl? No, Do you not care, or are they up? Basically, yeah, they're hyper up. extended. They're up, and then you're and kicking. Boom. No, I wouldn't. Okay, kick. so now listeners, this time because I know you're all interested because you're all martial arts and karate people and all that good fun stuff. If you take your left hand. With a palm facing you, okay, simulating your target, and you take your right hand, and you've got the palm facing down, the back of your hand facing up, and you angle the meaty part of your hand along your pinky, and then lift your fingers up, and you strike the palm. That's what we're talking about as it's simulating of your foot. Is that correct, Rons? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much in this style. Okay. So it would not just be this foot down, toes kind of dangling, so, floppy, floppy. So, okay. Yeah, no, no. So in in the uh, Japanese style, yeah. In the Korean style, you angle the foot back so you get more of a broad surface to uh, kick. All right. So you actually use the uh, the almost the bottom, the entire bottom of your foot surface to kick through your um. Uh, your target. And I would also say that in the Japan in the Japanese styles too, right? It depends on how you look and angle in your target once again. All right. So what if I'm thrusting a kick right behind me? Okay. And how, foot form wise, what would you do for that one? So I don't know if this is the technical term, but it was called what some, some styles or some places call that like a, a donkey kick because uh, you're kicking up behind you like a horse, right? Is it effective? I don't know. I've never seen it. 
done. It actually is very effective. It is very effective because you can drop somebody very quickly with that kick. You'll have to find that video. I'll actually show you, Al. I'll show you a video of it. Because it was pretty funny where you did the kick to our old former instructor wearing pads and like you could move like, or he would kick you and you would move like multiple feet back. It's crazy. Well, I threw myself back because I didn't want to take the The actual brunt of going forward. Because it's it is a pretty devastating kick, and you you don't have to chamber it either. You literally lift it from the ground. You can chamber it if you want, but it takes too. To my opinion, it takes too long to chamber it. Okay. It just it's basically just lift it. So instead of having a, a high knee or your knees being up high, they actually stay low the whole time. You just thrust from the ground. But again, where would your what would your foot position be? Ooh, that's a good question. So the, I guess my question is. Always, whenever you're delivering these kicks, and it's really important because I saw one of your students, Rons, and I had to correct him on his foot form. And I told him, I said, don't you worry, young man. I will discuss this with your senpai, and I will hold him accountable for your poor foot form, for your training that is clearly a direct reflection of your senpai. A reflection. Don't you worry, young. Don't you worry, young student. I will take care of this for you. So. Whether, Whether audibly on a podcast or if I must correct him in the dojo, old school style. Old school style. Well, depending on how old the uh, individual was in the belt color. Old enough right? to know better and been in martial arts for a long time. A long time. And we're going to lay this at my feet then. Yes. 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 Because you're a reflection. Ooh, top rec- down. Top down I from think, the top. In my opinion... If you think of the style of which we are speaking, there's only one name that comes to mind. Out of (laughs) every practitioner in modern times, who is more well-known for this style than the Rons? If nothing else, I have made him the ambassador of this style. Have we not? We have. Uh, I think that it's very possible that you could be the most famous practitioner of Kobo Yu in modern days. I don't think that's a good idea. I think it's true. I, I think that more countries, there are more countries in this world that know of Ooh. you as a practitioner of that style than any other practitioner of it that is living I and walking in humble, this modern day. I'm just a humble student just trying to make my way in the world. And yeah, learn. but you have I, the most publicity. Well, I appreciate that. Right? I, I really do, but I am just... And so, therefore, uh, you are held accountable for this young this young student of the martial arts. Everybody has bad weeks. Everybody has bad days. I mean, I, you know, I really wish I could always be spot on when I practice, but I don't, I'm not right. Uh, even my blocks were sloppy this week and they should have been better. Uh, is it because you had a burger in one hand? It would have been <laughs> that, that, but I do not have a burger. I mean, I've just, I, I think when we practice, sometimes we forget that we're practicing air. So I had someone punch at me right, a couple of times right, just to get my blocks up. And I figured that's pretty neat. I mean, if we if we block and that's one of those things uh, or we practice something, sometimes it takes uh, a partner to perfect those motions. Oh, yeah, obviously. I agree. So did you block did with it. your face today? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, can't good you job. tell? Good job. So when we just do it, over and over and over with the air we get sloppy or at least i get sloppy right and i've i got called out on it and i i want to get better it's sort of like my my blocks in okinawan weapons it's like you know 
you just go through the motions. That's one thing. But when someone swings at you and you don't block properly, uh, you're going to get hit. And you I told my partner, this, well, no, I told my partner this. Sometimes week, you uh, drop a slide, stick it in the dojo floor. Yeah. yeah. I told my partner when I was uh, getting my blocks better in Kabuto, because I, I went to the dojo just to get pr- uh, more practice and correct my form. I said, swing at me. Right. And I said, if I get hit, it's my fault. So my partner took her bow and swung at me. And I'm like, okay, how am I doing this block wrong? And he broke and it. He just blocked it. worked with me. And snapped like, it. Okay. He's like, ah, yeah. It exploded. I really wish that were the case. No, but uh, they worked on me and they said, okay, this is what you really need to do instead of just going through the motion. And I agree. You know, just going through the motion just sometimes doesn't do it, at least not for me. And if I know someone's going to try and hit me, I'm going to block. So I just sat there and was like, try and hit me. And try and I hit got me. Bro. See what happens. Try and hit me, bro. Try and yeah. Hit me. yeah, come at me, bro. And <laughs> I had another partner on my other side swing at me. Uh, so when I got done with one side, I would do a turn and come into that. And I'm like, how did that look? Okay, you need to get your elbow out. You need to extend out just a little bit more. You're stopping it, but I can still hit you if I try. So I said, try harder hitting me. So keep it up. So when we're just practicing with air, it's one thing. But if someone's actually going to come at you and you want the technique to look good as well as be effective, you know, that works even better. So to be, to say I'm a, I'm an ambassador of my style, you, you can pick a, you can pick somebody so much better than me. Oh no. I fear. I believe that's not true. Uh, or who else as well as, as well known as you, you know, it's thousands of, of, thousands of people have heard your voice, Ron. Oh, I appreciate that. I really do. But I, it's sort so of like, who is the, who, who, who is the better, best ambassador? I say. I, Maybe I think, not the you, best, but the best ambassador. Who yeah. is who who's is, the most what is your well-known? style again? Ron's, what is your style again? So for the listeners out there. <laughs> Kobayu Karate. Yeah, so Kobayu Karate. It's a fluttering style. Synonymous. It should be synonymous now. There should be a wiki page that specifically, when you type that in, Ron's should be the first thing that you see. Please actually, no. we could do that. We could actually do that, Ron's. <laughs> no. You can go. You can fuck with wiki as much as you want. You no. just have to somebody else to come no, along and try to correct it. I don't need that. I mean, the Swans took... If you want to see a really good technique, uh, the swans. Oh, we've down. already heard this story a bunch of times. Yeah, that's not the even that's not even technique. fair. If if if, but if it makes you feel better, Rons, as I said before, the Rons of Mudaquan Tang Sudo is uh, swan. It's so. true. It's true. So yeah, yeah. So see, look at I'm following in your footsteps, Rons. So, because I highly value so, you as an ambassador. What, what I haven't heard yet, though, is the apology, Rons, for the, the terrible foot form that you've taught this student. How do you know it was me that taught him? But you are taking credit for because it from you top down. Are, you are the ambassador. You are the face of Kobayu Karate. That so is you. It, is there not, anyone more no, well-known? You know what? I am not the face of Kobayu Karate. I'm a practitioner. You know what? Other than, technique other is than a technique. You know what? Other than it, the it, pedophile of your style, who else oh is more well known? Don't even mention that word. <laughs> no, no, there, there's a lot of bad people out there. There really is that. Uh, we weren't referring to you. <laughs> God, we're not referring that. to. Of course, we're not referring to him. I'm no, just kidding. Don't even say that. But when when it comes down to it, I feel, and I don't know about you, B man, but I feel responsible for my co-highs if they don't do well. So see really there, do. he is taking responsibility. So you are for responsible. That. So I would so like yeah, you to apologize it. then for well, this student's foot form. Is that has that student progressed though? 
Well, let me tell you what happened. Okay. We were working outside today, as we do, and we have since the beginning of the pandemic. Our style has continued, but we work outside uh, in the elements, and we've just been doing weapons work, which is not that much fun for, even though it is a part of our style, it's not that much fun for practitioners of our particular style of jujitsu, but we've been doing it, utilizing the bow, the Rokushaku bow, the six-foot stick, and there is a form that we've been doing that was clearly written by an American who... I'm not going to say too much other than that it's a form, okay? So you pull it apart, you mess with it. You see the practical applications of it. That's what we've been doing. And this is what practitioners of a martial way of life do, Rons. They don't just do the form. They pull it apart and try to understand it. I one agree. form, one year, I perhaps. I think that I would like to do that sometime. If I found the right form, I would do that. An experiment that uh, this guy did before, too. I think that it would be a fun experiment. Um you but can I noticed his kick into everything, though. But I, I noticed continue. his kick. I noticed his kick and his foot form runs, and I was not happy with it. I was not happy. So I came up to this young man and I said, "Show me, show me your kick." And he did the kick. I'm like, "Show me again." I had him show me more than once to make sure that I was understanding his kick. And I said, "I corrected his foot form. Look, let's see your foot form." So that I actually had to move his foot to show him the proper foot form. And it was as if it was as if he was touched by God, Rons. This light, this aura came over this young man. It was like he so saw for the first like time. It was like he saw for the first time, Rons, and realized realized that there's a way to deliver not only a kick, but a proper kick, utilizing the proper form of your foot and realizing that it's not just this one piece. This separate, all these separate pieces moving. It is one entity making sure that there is a movement, a structure in place. And I asked this young man, who taught you this pathetic foot form? Where does it come from? It he comes from his style. And who do I equate to his style? I said to this young man, worry not, young grasshopper. For the beeve man will rectify this situation. So He will discuss this foot form with the person that he equates this style with. For when you hear Kobo Yu Karate, I think of only one thing. And what all people of the world should think, they should only think of the Rons as the representative. No, don't, or the, don't. the living but, embodiment of Kobo Yu Karate. No, I am not the living embodiment. Or at least COVID day. So, I mean, different that one. So when when you do the kick for you, is it a different structure of the kick versus the way we do it? Um, so that you know, so that could be the difference right there. The importance is the floppy form. ass this is, this was, uncoordinated foot form. Is that your style? This was a. This was to in this in this particular form that we're doing with the with the Rokushaku bow. The kick, the kick that is delivered can be done of one of two ways. It can be done as a rear thrust foot kick or as a side foot kick, depending on which one you're comfortable with doing, which one that you feel kind of suits you best. I do the side foot kick for it per myself personally because I like to try to make it look kind of like wushu like. So, so but most people don't. They kind of do it. Your, they kind of do it as a rear you, foot kick. But the important thing was, style, what? Do you bring you in say? your Korean style? Do you bring in your Korean style versus your Japanese style? 
If there is only so when one you do style, a sidekick, <laughs> this is what see. This is the this is this is the difference between living as a martial artist, learning a style, and a practitioner of a martial way of life. Runs for if your particular kick is super effective, but it breaks your toes. Although the kick may be effective, there was something an issue with the actual form of your foot, and therefore. There's importance evolution that must happen. There, you must look at like look at your style and how it's evolved. You're the founder of your style, um, your kaicho or whatever you guys call him. Notice how he over the past few years has evolved some things. Have you not noticed that? I mean, you guys changed okay. some things, like because the he kata's reco- changed because, and because he recognized it and clearly he saw a more maybe he saw a better way of doing it or whatever. This is not a common, I would say, at least in my experience, that's not a common finding. So in other words, your guy, who's even though he's old, recognizes that maybe there's a certain way that maybe things should be done more effectively, and he did it. You don't always see that. A lot of times you'll see where they just stay and say, like, this is cookie cutter way. This is how we're going to do it. Whereas you must look at it as an ever-evolving thing, a living, breathing entity. So therefore, when you ask if that is, uh, is that how you would deliver the kick in your style or are you bringing a Korean kick into it? The answer, I guess I would give you is that I am kicking most effectively based on the kick itself. Okay. However, back to what you were saying, is that the kick in your style that they want to see? Remember, you know, even though you mentioned that the kick or the style evolves there is still that traditional way of showing it so you're showing it the way you want it portrayed but is it showing it to the traditional way of doing it well see that's the difference though the difference between your style right. that is a cookie cutter style even though i and that's well, no offense I, to it I would say, no offense to it i mean i like the way i mean I would you guys say, have a good well, structure i would but, say our style has really evolved and well, that's what I said. If but it's still swamp, you. You guys evolve, yeah. and then you cookie cutter it, and then if there needs to be an evolution, your guy is he's evolving it. And I've, I said that's great. That's that's a good thing. That's a doing. good thing because when that's you look at a lot of everybody's don't. kata, it looks the same. I, I think all styles are like that. No, Some, no, no. Well, no. Back to the cookie cutter form, right? They really do that, and then you've got a few great practitioners like the head of our style, Kincho Kaicho Takashi, really great guy. Right, I, I I was but not the representative humbled. of your style. No, I mean he may be the head of it, there. but worldwide representation. I mean that's you, Ron's. It's him. No, no. It's <laughs> not. But like you mentioned, that uh, there are other styles who go and evolve the the motions. So I I tend to agree with where you're going with this. Right, that is evolution. Your I think. Uh, yeah, it's Ron's fault. Just own it, Ron. Just own the fucked up sloppy kick. Yeah, you know, I, I'll, I'll do that. I'll feel responsible for the uh, kohai, as we call it. And I uh, now will. That's probably the better way to not get fucked with. Just own it, Ron. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, you know, do you really, you know, does anybody ever take responsibility for a, a, a sloppy kick? Um, 
being handed down and yeah they do yes uh in this respect yes because i um it's fun for our podcast so yes i oh, yeah. blame you yeah. for his game. so yeah it, it's my fault i'll, I'll go with that route <laughs> i actually find it interesting though and what i should have really asked him was um because he's young and he's just a fun kid to to work out with anyway he's grown so much it's uh he's he still cracks me up but i don't know if he realizes he's funny but he, he cracks me up anyway very humble uh and no he did not dime you out i'm just i'm just lying he didn't dime you <laughs> out at all. uh but i think actually that uh you can see that he he has grown that, thug life. That, that he has grown as a person because he actually did start to think about what I said. He's like, huh, interesting. So he, he clearly has that mindset from his father and his father said, he's like, you know what? I'm glad you said something because this is something that I wanted to harp on, but I don't. And I can understand why he doesn't because he's not going to listen anyways, his dad. But I, what I should have asked him was, <laughs> and I don't, I don't think I asked him this or not. I don't remember asking him this, but I should have asked him. I mean, I kind of did obnoxiously. I'm like, is that what they taught you? Is that the foot form that they taught you? But what I should have said was, did they I, teach you foot form? Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say, that's the better question, is that he probably was never taught, and not that he was never taught foot form, but he was just taught to say, they say kick with the ball of your foot, but not actually how to make that proper form and why it's important to make it strong and proper instead of loose and floppy anatomically to prevent injury or to have a better stronger kick you bring up you bring up the the anatomy of the kick but did you bring up the anatomy of the, the person throwing the kick and if it's the same kid i'm thinking of that you were training with because you mentioned his dad there's only a, a couple of people who train with their fathers Right. I remember this kid, right, going from uh, maybe four foot to five foot to almost six foot, basically overnight. And so while the kick, the basic kick was there, the structure of the kick did not keep up with his ever growing body. And you yeah, see you're that definitely thinking of the wrong kid. OK, but we see but that a lot, too. With- but yeah, but I understand what you're saying. But the other th- the other point that I didn't that I was trying to hit across also is, I think that part of it is now knowing that you guys don't actually teach foot form, really, basically. We do teach foot form. We do. Okay, teach so now form. I really need to yell. At, now I really need to yell at you then because he didn't know it. The but other not, thing is not- <laughs> the important. You know, the other I remember important thing is. Your- hold on, hold on. I remember training with one of your uh, one of your students, right? And, and they broke you when Sorry. we were. No, I apologize. no, they didn't. No, no, that's okay. They didn't I apologize, and I will we thank went, them later. <laughs> but when we went into uh, doing certain stances, uh, the individual says, you know, and they were already a, a black belt. Uh, and they said, wow, uh, this is going to get uh, a little too, uh, they got to get used to it because you guys use a wider base stance than what we do. Right? We use uh, basically uh, through our center. Right? and our stances are geared towards our uh, our style, and you have a stance that was geared towards your style. So, to stand in, you know, come in for a couple of classes, participate, and try and restructure yourself was, you know, that that could be the difficulty there. Well, I think if I know who you're talking about, that would be. I could understand. You why don't know him. That, that person was from Canada. I met him at summer camp. Okay. I, I think I would know what you're talking about, but however, 
your stance is not our stance is not a wider base stance than your stance. It depends on who's doing it. If they think that they're wider than they actually are, the difference between uh, you know, your stance you know, I'm and a our stance. The difference between your stance but and our stance, uh, you know, yeah. from a very, just very basically, is actually not the actual width of the stance itself, but the position of where the toes point, really. Um, and the other thing uh, that I was trying to bring up also was that it's very important. Not only is it important for him to know that the importance of the foot form, but I think that part of it is the fact that he was wearing shoes also. And what's really important to know, this may seem boring to everybody, but it's really not. It's kind of interesting is that your foot should still take on the same form in your shoes. So in other words, if I go to kick somebody with my shoes on, even though you can't, you might not be able to tell I'm still kicking with the same part of it. I would have kicked without shoes and my toes are still also up inside my shoes. You may not be able to see it. Well, you can probably see it a little bit, but I, you can totally tell when people kick with their shoes on as opposed to when they're not on that they're not practicing foot form at all. And I think that's part of it is that you're like, you have this false sense that your shoes are somehow armoring you and you don't have to protect your joints, but you really do. Well, and I think part of that, like Ron said before, is like going back to when he was using the bow and practicing his technique is you do spend a lot of time kicking the air and if it's sloppy and not, proper foot form it doesn't really matter if you're kicking the air if you actually kicked something whether it's a person or a bag or whatever and you broke your fucking toes you're gonna change that foot form really quick i agree i agree you know and i apologize for the student you know if i've ever met him and ever trained him i i'll take responsibility for it since you live at the dojo there's pretty damn sure chance that you have met him i just wanted to clarify are you saying that you're apologizing for the student or you're apologizing for the student? In other words, you're apologizing. You're giving us an apology because of what, how he is. You know what? Trained. We'll call it a blanket. We'll, we'll call it a blanket statement. I apologize for everything. Then your uh, apology means nothing, Rons. <laughs> well, as, as the worldwide no, I, I, representative. I don't say that. <laughs> as a worldwide representative, right, cover your karate. In so much trouble. Rons is going to be punished really bad the next time he goes to the Rojo. How can the Rons be punished for the Beave Man giving uh, him said title? I don't know. I mean, you know, what, what we really that you know that's for another podcast. But believe it or not, Carrie and I were discussing that that particular instance is how you set the example in and out of environments. So you are constantly being judged, right? You as a blanket statement or the beef man? No, everybody, right? So when you mention, you know, your style, they constantly judge you, right? If, you know, and even though we talk about this in humorous, they will always look at you like, oh, there he goes. That's the Rons. He can't kick or punch that well. Or he had a bad week and his blocks were off, right? So he's a poor example of our style or... There goes the B-man. Oh, look at him. He's punching. And it could be the exact same punch you've done a hundred times, but it's that one time where it's sloppy and someone catches you and it's like, well, they, he's a poor example of our style, right? That's not real. You know, you set the example no matter where you go and you've always got to be spot on. So when you go, you're a representative, I'm like, ah, no, no, I'm not. I'm not the best example, right? 
and that's kind of, you know, it's kind of upsetting sometimes when you go out and you want to spread the word of whatever style you're in, but everybody thinks you're just a bad example and they kind of avoid it. Right. And yes, that's but, in and out. That, but again, that goes back to the misunderstanding of what it is to practice in the first place, because even if you are, too, but... even if you are a black belt in your style, which you are, that doesn't mean that you're going to go out and, you know, beat up Conor McGregor because you're so awesome because you're a black belt. That means that you are a good student and you have checked <laughs> all the blocks. would hand me my ass. That's what I'm saying. Second. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a misconception America, among Americans. are like, oh, he's a black belt. He's badass. No, that means that I'm a good student. And I stuck with it. I understand the style. I'm learning more and more. And that's what that means. So that's in a, in a way, that's still the yeah, same I thing. We're kind of like of- the belt system is like, eh. Who cares about the belt system? You know what I mean? Um, you know, and belt held, hold up. Honestly, pants, I should adopt. Honestly, I should adopt that attitude. I really do because you know, it is what it is. Going through the belt structure, when someone wanted my belt, I would take it off in on my old style and hand them my belt, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And I would say, "It's nothing more to hold up my pants. If you want my belt rank, here it is, right." And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I can go out and get another one or I can earn it again. But if you want my belt, the way I got it is you work at it hard. You'll have good days and bad days, even worse days, right? I remember one of the uh, people I was training with, would just he berated me, fucking berated me to a point where- It's on a daily basis for you. Yeah, it is. But when you berate somebody- it really puts everything in perspective that do I really want to continue down this path? And the only thing you can do is overcome that demon. Right. And to this day, when he said I would never get my black belt, I really wanted to call him up and say, Hey, guess what? I have a black belt in two styles now. Right. Although I'm not that good at days and there's some days I'm better than others. I've got my black belts. And just recently I had some really bad days where I was just constantly, you know, hammered. And I think that's uh, part of getting better though, Ron. It's like, even if you're, you know, yeah, you, you could be right, but there comes a point where, you know, I don't think I ever saw the B man style, just yell out anything, you know, whatever they were approached. I don't think anybody took yell out. What, what do you mean? Uh, Yell out what? Maybe. Yell out anything. Like berate somebody it. for how much they suck? Yeah. Or. Yeah, we don't do that. Don't no, they, they do ever... it more psychologically fucked up. They're like, yeah, that was pretty good, but we're going to try it this way instead. Like, that's basically psychologically fucking with you even more. Like, dude, you no, suck no, ass. That, and... you know, what they're doing is they're being empathetic to, for you, right? Versus just coming out and telling you you suck. They're being empathetic because you can do better. And it's sort of like, you know, if I saw a technique that the B-Man did and then I posted it online, I'm like, oh, what's wrong with this technique? I wouldn't, you know, that's basically shaming him and saying, well, he can do better if he sees that online and where he's screwing up versus taking him aside and saying, hey, I took this picture. And if you notice where you should be versus where you need to be, that's a little bit different. So you're putting it out there for everybody to basically berate somebody again. Now, is that the right way? In some ways, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be a militaristic style, that can be. Uh, that's good because that's how we were trained sometimes, right? When we went through the military, you know, first six eight weeks, you know, you were constantly on a schedule. You didn't dare screw up. You know, you had to run. You had to do push-ups. You had to do stuff. 
And then you go to the civilian world and it's completely different. But I'm more empathetic than and sympathetic versus that way. Now, I'm not saying that technique doesn't work. You're right. I will get better. Right? I'll work at it to get better. But I don't think I would subject that to somebody else. And if I've done that, I think I deserve to be put in my place. I need to be put. So what in you're check. saying is you're not a dick. <laughs> no, no, I am. I am. When I train, sometimes I am a dick. However, yeah. I need to be put in my place. I don't think that's true. Like a, no, your I definition, am. your definition of being a dick is not really being a dick. You know, I have uh, seen. I I will say yeah. this though. You know, when you're when you say that you know we don't yell and we don't yell at each other and say how you fuck that up, which happens to you know your guys' side a lot. You, we do hear them say that stuff. Um, no, Swan is right. What happens on our side is more uh, psychological. It's like it's mental. More like, uh, if you talk to, if you talk, I don't think there's any of us, even the person who teaches us that thinks they're good at the style. Even, you know, even the one who's our head of it, he'll, he'll tell you, he's like, I'm pretty competent. And we, we actually don't need each other to say, Hey, that sucked. We beat, we beat ourselves up so much about it on our own that most of the time, most of the time what happens is we beat ourselves up about how bad we are. And the person we're with is like, dude, that wasn't that bad. You know, it could have been, you know, this could have been better. We actually have to encourage each other more because our, I actually took Tang Sudo with the swan and the daughter because it was something that had steps to it that I knew I could achieve and could actually see progress with and feel good about getting better at as opposed to my style where it seems like it's impossible to ever be really good at it. Because when you see somebody who's actually really good at it, it's almost mystical to the point you're like, how the fuck did they do that? Yeah, when you watch like videos of it, they're down on the ground, but it doesn't look like you moved anything or had to struggle or like use force at all. And that's kind of cool. Well, it takes me back to what I said earlier, and I won't mention the story in detail, but the technique you did nearly pushing my wife into a glass mirror behind her, your technique was flawless. I mean, I've never seen or since seen something that good, right? Pretty close to it, but your technique was just good because when she went flying about 300 feet back, rolling into the mirror almost, we all took a, took a step back and like, whoa. That's cheap. And you're like, what did I do? She threw a cheap. It was ball. like the perfect balance of yeah. Yeah, everything was just everything was great, right? And back to what the B man said, I remember watching one of your uh, your students or um, co-highs will say test for his black belt. I, you know, I got to witness that early on, and your grandmaster or whoever came up to watch it, and he said, "Can you explain this motion? What you're doing?" And he says. Uh, it was a roll. He had to jump over somebody, tuck over, and roll. He says, yeah, that's it. Now, why don't you give me 10 good more ones versus the ones you were just doing? And I'm paraphrasing, but it sounded like he, what he said was, give me 10 good ones now, now that you understand what you're doing. And I was like, I was taking it back. Like, and like he guy, just told him he sucks without telling him he sucks, which is like awful. Well, it told him that he knew the technique. Could he show the technique a little bit more properly? Right. And I, you know, and he was soft spoken about it too. He, it was just awesome just to watch him. Right. That's when I think everybody came up for this guy's test. 
Yeah, right. and that's where you die a little bit inside. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, and uh, I think I know who you're talking about. My grand, like my two tests that I did, I'm always it's always been disappointing to me because um, he was not able to come for either one of my tests because I really wanted him to come. And the the one I think the first well, one I was there, there was a bad there was a bad snowstorm, so he couldn't. And he was planning on coming, but he didn't come. And now, yeah. if I ever have another test, which I don't think I ever will, but if I ever do, he's his health is in his health is pretty bad. I'm sure he'll never he's not going to be coming anymore. But yeah, it, but you do die. I mean, you I, die a little I, inside. We, I, I have this running joke with this. I have the running joke with my sensei is that you know in the all the years that I've been doing it, I think he's complimented me five times. So I'm like, I'm going to start running them, writing them down. Yeah. But, you know, but that actually makes the. <laughs> but he'll compliment you when you're not there. Like, so, and he does that. Like your mother. I think He's just like my mother. Yeah. Like he, she, he brags up about you when you're not there, but not to your face. That's part of like, you just have to earn that well, somehow. You're always looking for it. You're like the child that wants to earn the respect. <laughs> Well, I'll harken back to the military. The military won't tell you when you've done good. When you screw up, though, they're on your ass. Well, because that so, yeah. theory, is, and this was the my first team leader told me that too. He's like, "That's my that was the theory." He's like, "I'm not going to reward you for doing your job. You would have to do something well beyond, go above and beyond to be rewarded or say, hey, great job.' Um, which is fine, whatever. Uh, but no, I, don't I think just everybody should get a trophy." You know, this I want to about Ron as, as the uh, as the uh, as the expert and spokesman of Kobayashi Karate. karate. <laughs> I am not uh, here, an expert here globally. Or you know what we should do, Ron? This is this is one of my dreams. Uh, one of those things that you know how you have your bucket list of things that you really want. I really hope someone starts a wiki page yeah. about our podcast someday, because that would be to me that would be the coolest thing. Are you, oh. I think that would be the sweetest. <laughs> okay. Uh, and incidentally, let me, one more thing I wanted to say, um, is, uh, now that Ron's has apologized for his poor teaching techniques. Um, oh, and, and, all, and my poor teaching and my, yes, my poor, uh, practicing, practicing. Yeah. Let me also say this, uh, Ron's, should I find out that you have corrected this young person in a negative way, you will suffer the consequences <laughs> You will suffer. Well, since I don't take your style, and I thought about uh, showing this you is not necessary class. for you to suffer. Um, I'll throw a chi ball right at you. A chi ball, right? Chi ball. It may look like spooge uh, on toast, but you're getting chi ball. Gross. Okay, sounds good. However, <laughs> I would never. Ron's correct. like, I'll eat that shit. <laughs> yeah. No, I would never correct another style because I don't know. Now, would I, if I see something wrong? You're not correcting. Right, I didn't correct another style. I didn't correct another style. He's just what trying to prevent was. injury. Is that the foot from form? From improper technique. Trying to make sure his foot form is correct. If you didn't teach him foot form, it's one thing. If you guys don't teach foot form, you're saying I did, so therefore I'm responsible. So I apologize. Well, I mean, like I said. No, you said I you did. did. I did say I would rectify the situation because you are the spokesman for your style. So therefore, you are the global ambassador. So therefore, the spokesman, I but yeah. But now that I, I know, but now that I know, then you've made the statement that your style doesn't even teach foot form. Well, then, 
Um, as a representative of the no, style, you've made this No, that's not true. We do teach football. You guys don't teach football. Well, oh, then I guess I can't. No, 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 no. We, we, do, we do teach football. Jeez. You know. Ron's you are- is going to come in with broken toes on Monday. Broken toes. <laughs> like, rip, I didn't teach rip. you foot form. Kick this yeah, baseball you know, bat. I, you know, that's, that's the other thing. It's like someone's going to hear the wrong thing or think the wrong thing. And next thing you know, I'm just. You're going to kick this brick until you can show me proper foot form. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, uh, I am. It's a show, people. This is, these are personas. We are characters. We're, this is for entertainment. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, you know what? They're probably not going to hear the tail end of that statement. They're going to like, it's a, and then it's just going to cut out. So pretty much I, I'm toast. <laughs> well, I, before we sign I'm out today, Ron, did you happen to see my, uh, my posting of uh, my birthday present? Did you see that? No, I did not. You did not see I the post? That, uh, what kind of thought did you get? You didn't see my Warhammer? No, I did not. Really? I did not. That the I swan is the coolest wife ever. Well, one, aren't you the coolest person ever? Or what? Well, you have to check it out. The swan got me a Warhammer for uh, my birthday. I will be smashing something. Whoa. Like doing it. We'll do a video of that. Uh, but I, I, you didn't see my what, post. Uh, Stormbreaker? That said, uh, that basically said, um, because there's a listener, if you're listening, listener of the show, if you're listening to this, he had made a posting that he got all excited about his Arnie sticks that came in the mail. And he made a post about that. Mm-hmm. And so I made a post about my Warhammer saying, oh yeah, cute sticks. This is what a practitioner of Leart de Armatsari gets excited about and have my poster and my post of my Warhammer. And I was disappointed. He didn't say anything. Did you Why tag him? I figured he would say something cute to acknowledge my my Warhammer, but he didn't. So whatever. So shout out to you, buddy. You know who you are. You got excited about your sticks, and that's good for you. But I get excited about so, swords and spears and warhammers and pole axes. So we're. So what? What are you going to do with this hammer? Are you going to sing "Stop Hammer it. Time"? I'm going to train with it. What do you think I'm going to do with it? We have techniques for Warhammer, for Warhammer uh, poleaxe with our... It's style. not like a little... It's not like a fix-your wooden nail hammer. It's a, it's, it's like a long weapon. You're going to have to look it up, Ronz. I'll send you a picture. You know, I, I'm going through our Facebook feed, and I am not seeing it. It's on I'm... the Beaveman's personal one, I think. Oh, it's it? on his personal yeah. page. Yeah, but I put it on, our, I put it on there. I, I did uh, put something on our page for you, though. No, the yeah, the spelling errors because you're always on me about that. So I figured I would do that for you. I see. Nice job. All well, right, well know, that's it, guys. Uh, that's, I think that's it. We've rambled on it quite a bit. You know what we should do, Ron's? Honestly, what's that, sir? Uh, we should just do a whole series of having some guests on to discuss martial arts. As a matter of Not fact, that I know, I've mentioned that before. I know one person who said that he would like to do that with us, that he would have some fun doing that. So, and we've like got to you do your a... one that you want to do on uh, nightfall. When are you planning on doing your nightfall? Your, uh, your one with your, your lovely wife that has questions for uh, my, uh, my fellow scholar in uh, the, fl- wow. the flower of battle. Pay attention, Rons. I no. Well, you sent me some real, uh, I just got the text of the pictures and my anus that is just, my anus picture <laughs> yes well yeah. yeah that is one heck of a 
Dingleberry. <laughs> yeah, that is one hell of an anus probe. I mean, if you know, you could actually go in there and help Swan remove that grapefruit slice with that thing. Possibly. No thanks. Possibly. Just poke oh, it. One more thing. <laughs> one more thing. Oh, one more thing before we go off. Uh, what we were talking last time about wiping and stuff. Right after that, I'm not kidding. I was watching TV because oh, um, I was traveling, and I was watching TV. And there is a which one is it with the bears? Is it Charmin or Charmin? Or- yeah, yep. Charmin. Yeah, the bears. He's like, I got. They pieces. have one. They have one where the little bear is like, like rubbing his butt on stuff because he's got itchy butt because he doesn't wipe really. He doesn't wipe enough. <laughs> I was like, "You are you kidding me?" They literally have a commercial saying that you know what? If you don't wipe your butt good enough, that shit is gonna make your ass itch. You gotta look it up, Ron. It was hilarious. I was dying. I was like, "Oh my god!" If I'd have known about this commercial for our last podcast, it's good. It's a good one. Well, yeah, yeah. I see where you're coming with. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for me, guys. I I, nice job. Thanks for joining us. It was a good, good get together in question. Ron's, I want you to think about when you want to do your nightfall one. Uh, Let's get some martial arts guests on for fun. I think that would be a good time. But they got to be people that are, you know, have a good sense of humor and are willing for us to uh, rib on martial arts in general. And um, I mean, and and if they don't, who cares? It would be kind of funny. Oh yeah, what are you gonna do? Get mad? What are you gonna do? Get mad? (laughs) Get mad and challenge you to a duel. That might happen because you know I, I well, you know dojo. As I always say, uh, for for two people who know me, if you ever challenge me to a duel, if you think that you're going to be challenging me and I'm going to come at you with jujitsu, and it's my preference on what we'll be dueling with, you're in for a major surprise. Because you're probably going to get a warhammer slammed down on your head, or I'm going to come at you with my sword or spear. So. Yeah, I want to think about that first. I will go into. I, I remember your black belt test uh, for a second dawn, and I remember the uh, the head of your style, um, good friend of ours, said, um, "He's not the head of our style." I'm glad you. Oh, okay. The representative of your style said, "I'm glad you didn't incorporate the other style when you were doing your techniques." I was too tired. So <laughs> uh, I saw what they put I was you too through. tired. I was too that tired was a, to do a spinning jump back kick. Sorry. That would have like been cool. You probably lost like 10 pounds during that test. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, a yeah, rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a little tiring. All right, cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. As always, Rons, thank you for all of your contributions. And thank you for your contributions to the world of martial arts. I appreciate that. I'm just Those trying to you. survive. And in honor of Tremonde, deuces. Bye. Uh, from the Adios, swan. Hey. Yeah, we know who it is. <laughs> <laughs>